Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nicholas. Oh. <laughs> I almost died today. Yeah? I, I went back to the gym. Like, went, really went back to the gym. Yeah, was, like with oh, a trainer. God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky we're sitting. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hurting bad, so. We're not at our friends with Moto, at Motofish tonight, and we are not at uh, Haggerty Garage and Social. We actually have a special guest uh, dialing into the show, and we needed a kind of a controlled space with a lot of internet, so we did that. <laughs> we needed a technologically space, but we've we've got a a TV screen, yeah, and the writing's right, so we're gonna call it a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll call it good. So, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, busy, good? busy, busy. Yeah. I feel like that's just it. Well, you're a homeowner now, so I mean that's just, yeah. That's the thing I can ask you. It's I I don't have to be like, what have you been doing? I'm just I just know you've been doing stuff on the house, and it's just what's you know what's finished now, and what's you know. I did set up a home office. Oh, violated some you? terms of service and got some internet. It's good times. Yeah, but I, okay. Just so we're clear about that, violating terms of service, you're including me in that. So. Ah, not really. Really? Yeah. What, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Your name's not on it. Lot, no, but my address is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. I mean, ask me more about how to how to hack your cell phone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just tape five of them together. It works just yeah, fine. Yeah, it does kind of. Yeah. I'm sure I'll have cancer in a year, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Please don't. I can't, I can't. I can't do this without you. And I mean that. I mean, I, I put, you just hit the. Button. Yeah, I, it's the other stuff. The edits are going to get real bad, <laughs> real bad. We're editing stuff. Oh yeah, just okay. kidding. Yeah. You guys are in for a treat of a show today, though. We have a very special guest coming from the show, and that is Justin Bell. If you don't know that name, that is Derek Bell's son, but uh, he has made a name for himself, obviously, with his racing career, uh, winning racing career, I should say. Don't ask him about making helmets. No. <laughs> Different belt, but yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but first, we have a Carter, Carter Subaru tip of the week. Carter Automotive Group. You know, I don't know, actually officially know which one it is. It's Carter Subaru, Volkswagen, and Acura. It's Carter Motors. Yeah, it's Carter yeah. Motors. Yeah. So I guess I'll just, I should just say Carter Motors. You know, we have, a, meet, we have a meeting with Carter on Monday, so yeah. uh, we'll, we'll confirm that, yeah. just to be sure. We'll yeah. switch it up. Yeah. Thanks, Wade. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this, uh, this was at the request of a guest uh, who... Discovered that uh, the windshield breaks much more easily from the inside than you might expect. What? Yeah, this is actually, it's funny because this is not the first person I've learned this from. I will, I will, they, both of them shall remain nameless. Um, but basically your windshield shape is, you know, convex, concave, convex. Yeah, one of those. One of those. Anyway. I think it's both. <laughs> Technically, from yeah. the inside, it's... Con- yeah, yeah okay, so yeah, it's structurally so, yeah. more sound from the outside. Yes. From the shape, it makes it much harder to shatter from the outside. From yeah. the inside, even just a small amount of pressure actually will crack your windshield pretty easily. But the tip I wanted to share is, well, don't throw things at your windshield from the inside, even when you're frustrated. But the next thing is that if you are ever trapped in a car and need to break a window, you should have a glass break tool. And if you were ever submerged, and as, as crazy as this sounds, this happens quite a bit more frequently than people think. Uh, either <laughs> people have seen the boat ramp issue. I was going to say, it's boat, it's boat ramps, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, or it's people falling asleep and driving off the road yeah. and into rivers, which uh, we have a lot of water around here, and as crazy of a concern as that is, it is just, um, if you ever need to break into someone else's window in an emergency, like you come across the scene of an accident, that's where you really want one of these. Cause hot, if, a hot child in a car, a hot animal yes, in a car. Yes, a hot animal yeah. in a car, things like that, which you do have the legal right to do if someone, if a child or an animal is in distress, you can break a window. You need to be very sure of that. You should call the police first and tell them what you're doing. If you're looking clear. at a Tesla, look at the dash. The dash will usually tell you, like, yeah. the car is on, the child is fine, he's in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> so. Dog's in the front, baby's yeah. in the back. Yeah. 
But one of those good tools you should have is a glass break tool. And you can get them in all sorts of different flavors. You can have um, battery jump packs sometimes have a little barb on the end for that. You can get them on a pocket knife, which I always carry. Uh, in fact, we have actually like some knives we got yeah. for when we were under Rain City that it kind of matched our color theme a little bit. And they have a glass break tool and a seatbelt cutter and the blade flips out and it's got a serrated edge, which is nice to have a little serration to cut through rope. But like I said, if you stumble across the scene of an accident and you can't get into a car, one of those, you would not believe, like, you don't want to mess around with one of those. Like, a little tap, like, you can, I guess hopefully you can see me. You can just tap. It's like it's what it's supposed to do, yeah. Yeah, it will immediately shatter a window. It takes almost no pressure whatsoever. So no matter how What's, weak you think you are, it's just like a tap and it'll shatter a side window. Am I wrong in that there's the one that's Life Hammer? Yeah, Life Hammer. Life Hammer. Yeah, that's that, a popular that has, one. That has the, yeah. the, the glass break. It has the seatbelt cut. I mean, I mean, it's bright yellow. Um it's it's just a, it's an interesting tool to have in your car. I mean, and, and I always tell people too, if you're going to have this, like so many people like us have toolkits and things like that. Don't keep it in the back because if something happens, no. you need to have it accessible. Put it in the side pocket. Dan carries his and his, you know, on his on himself. I'm a pocket knife yeah. guy because I. <laughs> Dan, robs, honest, it's Dan robs a lot of people, so, uh, <laughs> so I'll be honest, it's for Amazon yeah, exactly. packages more than anything else. Yes. <laughs> Give me your money, or I'm going to break your window. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's a need, it's a needed uh, necessary tool. So yeah, I'm, we I'm think everyone should have one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, a lot of cars actually do come with them. I've noticed. They just people don't know about it. I looked through some toolkits. I think it's not, it wasn't very common before, but now you, if you get like one of those safety kits, like they're usually in there. Oddly yeah, enough, usually the safety kits in the back of the car. That's true. Yeah. So at least if like it's an Audi, it's like Velcro to the side in the back. Audi yeah. Volkswagen. But you still gotta crawl through. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're underwater. Anyway, yeah. I usually have one on me or it's in my center console. Yeah. So excellent. Anyway, that's your Carter Subaru tip of the week. Uh, we think it's a tool you should have, and you don't need to spend a lot. You can get a dirt cheap one for like fifteen bucks for a decent, cheap pocket knife that'll open your Amazon boxes and maybe save somebody's life. So. You're going to use it to open more Amazon boxes. That's true. Yeah, with that, we will what move. If, what if you order it from Amazon? How do you open the box? Teeth. Oh, okay. Got Just it. go gotcha. for it. Okay, good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. With that, we will jump into our interview with Justin Bell. And with us this week, we have none other than Justin Bell, which you probably know that name if you've watched any other podcast or watched any motorsports in the last 20 years. Is he new? <laughs> He's new. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overnight success. Yeah. Overnight Thanks. success, yeah, yeah, exactly. Started when I was he's, 18. <laughs> he's hoping to make the bell name a recognized name in a household yeah. name, but yeah, right. it probably won't happen. Who knows? No. I, I, you know, I've got to defer to the older one on that, you know? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're no, you're no slouch yourself, man. I mean, oh, that's a Le Mans win in the Viper of all cars, which I, I'm fully aware of the Viper race car, very different driving car than the Viper street car. Thank Still God an amazing win. Do you know what? what? Thank goodness you said that because it's so. It is. I. There's always a sort of. He doth protest too much side of driving the Viper race car, right? Because people go, that bag of shit, you know, or that overpowered, <laughs> overtired, noisy foot pedals in the wrong place, uh, you know. And I was like, yeah, but our racing car was amazing, you know. And that was really the truth of it, but. <clears throat> I've got to say that as the Vipers evolved, they did get a lot better. But thank God our racing car was not that similar to the road car at the time. So you're saying just to make a good street car, take the street car and turn it into a race car and you're, it'll be a good car. Spend a few, you know, spend 10 or $20 million and you've got, <laughs> yeah. got something that really works. Pocket well, change, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it was an interesting, I mean, in just jumping in on that, it was an interesting moment because when the Viper came out, it was so... A polarizing and yeah. iconic in, a, in an instant. It was also, uh, you know, being involved with Chrysler at the time, 
was such a special feeling because suddenly you had a passionate support group, you know, a passionate um, following like Corvette had had for 50 years, you know, or BMW or Porsche, but the Viper one was overnight. And yeah, there might have been a lot of gaudy leather jackets and gold chains, but God, it was good. And, you know, so when... So they Arica, came over from the Corvette crowd, you're saying? No. Yeah, I think, <laughs> do you know what? There were actually... No, there was quite a lot of crossover. Let's say if you had a two-car garage, you had one of each. But um, it was it was actually fascinating. We did these Viper invitationals that we were invited to as the drivers. And, you know, there'd be like a thousand people just rabid for this brand. So it obviously hit a nerve. But then... When I got first, I mean, my first Le Mans I did actually was in that orange car there, which is a Viper, which does not look like the one next to it. And I did it with Rene Arnoux, who was a Formula One driver at the time, and a guy, um, oh God, I can't remember who my teammate was, and he, the other one. And it was not intended to go to the Le Mans. It was 1994. The car was like basically a road car. They put stripes on in a roll cage, and it would lift at the front going over the Mulsanne you know, the Mulsa, the hill just full the last corner at Mulsanne and I should be like, holy shit, this isn't good. Um, Some CLK and, GTR feelings there. Yeah. Basically, basically <laughs> it really was. And the other funny part about it was that um, René Arnoux uh, was, you know, he was the big French ex-Formula 1 driver who was more interested in finding the white line in the middle of the road in the motorhome, I think, than, than he was <laughs> uh, finding, driving out on track. So, but... Great experience. So then when they made the road car, I mean, and the race car, the real race car with Eureka and everything, it was spectacular. Yeah, good. Yeah, very cool car. You raced um, McLaren as well, right? In yeah, Le Mans. also over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Do, do you know what's so funny? I mean, yes, I did. Um, yeah. My, by the way, talking with me is a little bit like ping pong. Perfect. Because, you know, dun, dun, you know, you say something... Triggers me, but squirrel. And, yeah. and, well, actually, it's funny. My best friend James was over this week from England, and he was like, "Yeah, you've always been like that." But when I do what you do, you know, when I when I am actually interviewing people, I'm pretty freaking focused. But I don't have to be now. I'll let you guys worry about that. Um, <laughs> so the McLaren was was actually was amazing. I mean, it was it was an incredible experience. Can you imagine being? Well, I was like 25, I guess, 27, and uh, getting the chance to drive that car all year, sponsored by Harrods and with Andy Wallace, and then inviting my dad to be a part of it, to, to go to Le Mans, leading for 12 hours on Father's Day. I mean, what, you know, incredible. And then we had a clutch, as it dried out, we knew we'd be vulnerable to the uh, factory car. It wasn't really a factory car, but the JJ Leto car was just more updated than ours and uh we had a clutch release bearing go with you know so we basically lost like third gear which is you know not ultimately great so it just dropped our speeds down a bit and we got overtaken um and we were on good years not michelin i gotta say uh the michelins were superior in the damp rain pissed with rain all night but how cool is that your father's day with your dad on the podium at Le Mans. it's yeah, I actually talked good. to your dad about that a few years ago, and he had nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah, all his wins. Imagine. Yeah, all his wins. He still thinks that's one of the best things that happened. Um, but the, it's funny the model cars because I actually have a lot in storage. Um, Bruce Meyer, who's one of the biggest car collectors, you know, in here in LA, probably you know in America, but very discerning collector. 
he had a birthday the other day and I did a video sitting here. His, you know, friends were doing like a video message thing for him. And my, my point was, as I was talking, I suddenly realized I had these behind. I said, when I come back, I'm going to come back as you. But I want my car collection not to be able to fit on an Ikea shelf. You know, that's, you know, I've, I've <laughs> you got a higher goal. A goal right? yeah, I've, got a, yeah. I've got higher goals for the next time round. I promise you, they're going to be downstairs in a big garage. I like his dream. I want to take him. Yeah, no kidding. I, yeah. too, have a large uh, 118 scale car collection that I hope becomes real someday. Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> Find another, that genie in a bottle kind of thing. Just another 5 million listeners and you'll be there, right? It's Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No so problem. Easy. Yeah. Just ask oh, yeah. Joe Rogan. It's easy. I mean, you know. If only the yeah, two he's, of you. he's done it. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, he's done it. Or you have to be more attractive. I hate to say it. Well, That's, thank you. you know, I mean, yeah. we are well aware of Wonderful this. Wonderful to well, see you too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so am I. Believe me, I, I know that's the problem with like my new podcast. I'm like, Jesus, why? How do you make this thing resonate? Maybe I just need to, you know, have great boobs and go down half naked on a skateboard down my street while interviewing. I think it could work. You know, kind of a time-proven formula. Dan and I talked yeah. about this, and that was my idea, and he was against it. I was going to, you know, wet t-shirt everything, but he's like, no. So let's I'm talk about that a little bit. Let's I'm talk about the new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Life with Legends. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Life with Legends. Well, I guess I'm I'm really lucky. I have had a life with legends. You know, it's been the the fortunate side of, you know, the, the Lucky Sperm Club was that I I, you know, was surrounded by, you know, such incredible um people, uh, you know, my dad's peer group and everything as I was uh, growing up, which to be honest, you don't appreciate when you're a kid, right? It's just it's oh, normal it's, to you. Yes, it's normal. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's Jackie X. Oh, there's your. You know, it's just it's not oh. it's not very special at the time. You, I did. I got to say though, I did always know they were very special men that did this for a living. You know, um, and I would say men and women, but at the time that was they were you know they really right. Yeah, many. understood. Um, yeah, and they were incredible. Uh, they were always seemed very manly right you know i mean they there was the death rate was out obnoxiously horrible at that point during the 60s and 70s and um i was you know they never talked about any of that but obviously i heard my dad talk about it so fast forward to the last few years uh, when i've gone to lamar especially last year dad being grand marshal uh, at lamar we the whole we kind of the whole family went and were a part of it and Always he has dinner with Jackie X like on the Thursday night or the Friday night. And we're all just, I'm just sitting at the table and you guys have, you know, be going as mad as I was because these stories they're talking about and we're, and I'm going, shit, let me slide my phone on. I felt like, you know, like I was sort of CIA. Hit record quickly. Hit yeah. record because, and I actually did get some clips, but Jackie X is not keen on all that stuff. Um, and so, but these great stories. And I thought, you know what, I've, got to use my fortunate position to know everybody as friends to capture some of these conversations and I so it, it germinated a bit and and I actually talked to Matt uh, and uh, you know who at uh, DeAndre who works with Adam Carolla when I did his their car cast not long, about six months ago and he went don't touch a podcast he said you know don't even go near it he said, I'm like oh what 
I thought I just made a lot of money straight away. It's like, yeah, no, it doesn't really work like that unless you've got Aaron Carolla as your partner. Um, so it works so like I'm racing. Like, you start with a bunch of money and then you make a little bit. Yeah, just <laughs> But, you know, as you guys know, it's not about that. You're like, this is, I have a mission here to do it. And, you know, obviously I have the talk show with Tommy Kendall and Jason Jacobson, my producer and partner in that. Um, so we've got very much into the live stream thing and I can talk about that in a minute. But I just... I wanted a passion project and I also love portrait photography and that's sort of a big part of my life is taking uh, portraits again because I'm a good interviewer I I think it trans translates itself to my photography because you know people open up so I thought I don't really care if it's a success or not I just need to do this before some of the older guys time out and they are timing out, you know, Vic Alford just the other day and, you know, all these guys, they're, they're suddenly getting a bit old. So I kicked it off and I, I'm doing it on Patreon, which may or may not be a good idea. I decided to because I felt maybe I can control my audience a bit more. And yes, it's behind a paywall. But, you know, again, as you guys know, you need a lot of people to get advertisers to, you know, it's, it's a tough road. So I thought, hey, maybe if I have 500 people on there spending a few dollars, it you know, maybe I can have a more intense audience and be more, you know, personal with them. And um, it's slow going, but everyone loves it. Uh, so I, you know, I started with my dad. That was a great one. And I've done Brian Redman and David Hobbs and uh, Alan DeCadney, who's a very close friend of mine, who's actually lives very nearby, going through a few health issues right now. He'll, he'll, he'll pull through it, but just getting some great moments and then taking their portrait and, I love the way you described it. It's a conversation, right? You have conversations with people. That's what I do. Um, I think my unique point is obviously I've, I've been one of them. So I can, I think I, I just, hey, listen, everyone, there's lots of late night chat shows, right? And they all have their certain thing. And we that's what we do, you and I. So yeah, uh, I'm really pleased with it. Well, I mean, we, that's kind of one of the reasons we did it and the fact that everybody always asks us, like, you know, what are the questions? I'm like, I don't know. It's like, we're going to talk. Like, I mean, I want, we always described it as sitting down and having beers with somebody because I think that's yeah. when the best stories come out. But uh, to I your can point, see that by your, all your notes. The same yeah, as well, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scripted podcasts are it, the worst. It could, be, it could be up here. I could remember yeah. things about you. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I don't. No, but I mean. Yeah, you you have you. I mean, the, back to the podcast. You have access to these amazing people, yeah. and telling their story is important. I think you're right. You know, I mean, there has been many a times Dan and I have been sitting at a, a table, and I'm going, I don't know why I, how I got here, but I'm going to listen, and I and I want to be able to tell these stories someday. So it's yeah. incredible that you're doing that. So, yeah. Thank you. I, and you know, I think, I mean, I I'm actually just was reflect thinking about it as we were talking, um, or I was talking because I never stopped. But you know, as, uh, as I'm talking. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, every interview or every podcast brings out a different perspective. It triggers you to a different thought. And I'm sure as you've experienced, you can have some conversations and you thought they were going to be the best of your life because they're the funniest dude you've ever met. And then you, eh, and you, you, you're kind of having to force it. And that's when you do have to think to yourself, so uh, how many... Um, so you won Indy a lot, right? How many times? You know, you go, fuck, I wish I'd really done my research here. And then, of course, you um, you did win the championship. No, no, I lost it by one point in a horrible last lap fight. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. So, you know, you have those moments. But, you know, my advice to you, because I've done so much live TV, is, especially if you have a British accent, you just go, you just, it's like a bad joke. You know, you just go straight through it and, and you know, get to the other side and no one cares as long as you're convincing. Um, so we need British accents as well. I know. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Time to move. Yeah. work. Yeah. Time to, we'll yeah. open a podcast in England. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, know that's, what you, that's, that's the other way. You're cool in England. I'll tell you that. Um, oh, yeah, you see. cool. I thought it was just Japan. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, you're huge in Japan. We're cool in England. All right. yeah, There's a yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. It's, some people though, you just put a mic in front of them and they they clam up, and then as soon as it's off, they just start talking like crazy. And you're like, where was all this when I had the record oh. button glowing red? Oh, <laughs> I, nuts. totally. I mean, that's actually quite funny because on the last, you know, what I'm because I'm sitting with them where I can. You know, that's one of the things. That's why so this we, is yeah. slow going. You know what it's like. If you can, you do. Um, and associate. well, we wanted to do it with you, but you wouldn't give us your home address. So I mean, there's there's <laughs> that. So yeah. that's true. There's a lot of weird stalkers around here where I live. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and again, I'm looking for the hot one. So you two are really out of luck there. But totally gotcha. fair. That's fair. Yeah. Totally fair. Um, Lesson learned. <laughs> listen, yeah. But you know, when you you uh, so I did was with Magnus Walker two weeks ago, and you know we're dear friends. And but he had some surgery for a hernia, so like we. I left, I just had it still recording and he's talking about his sore balls and we're doing this and I'm like, well, that's good. Well, that's going in. Um, you know, that's going in there, you know, exactly. well, yeah. uh, you know oh, you are going to insider edit. information. Yeah, exactly. You are going to, uh, you're going to edit that out, right? No, don't believe in that. Um, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. It's, uh, so, so, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's so funny, but I, I was very fortunate coming next week. I'm doing uh, Hurley Haywood. Uh, who's you know a great friend oh, and, wow. and a, a legend, and I'm starting obviously with the friendlies, the really friendlies, because I you know hey this is my new idea, let's do it, and uh, that was that was a great interview. Well, I was there for Daytona, I went up and did it, um, and then uh, I've got uh, I mean a real I don't want to say it's a scoop because that's the wrong word for it, but Panelli Jones is obviously you know the runway is is almost over for, you know, ahead of him. And uh, through a great friend of mine, um, Mike Fulmer, he he knows him well. So he agreed to let me go and talk with him. And uh, it was, well, I mean, what an honor, right? And it, it really it made me feel that even if this doesn't go anywhere, I have this amazing catalog, you know, library of great conversations. And Parnelli, I didn't, but I didn't turn my little cameras on because you don't want one of your heroes to look frail, you know. So right, yeah. yeah. It's, so I just I just did it on audio. Um, I did take his portrait, which was like holding his um, uh, in, uh, replica of the Indy Trophy, which was pretty cool. Uh, so, but you know, just to listen to those stories, and you just know that they're you know you wish you you know you try and prod a little bit more to. You know, it would be great if everyone could cry, right? That would be the, you know, and laugh and cry. But, you know, that man has so much history in him. And uh, I, he, he said he enjoyed it. And I imagine for you, it's the same. If someone says they enjoyed the experience and the conversation. And a guy like him's had a million of them. So it made me feel pretty good. That's that's genius. Yeah, I, I interviewed Hurley for a um, Haggerty Garage and Social event, yeah. actually. And he just fantastic. One of the nicest people I've ever talked to. I was so amazed how humble and nice yeah. he was. So charming, yeah. right? So charming. Um, yeah. It is. So, so, you know, so definitely with, you know, the, 
the podcast, it's I've, when I go to England, I'm doing Jackie Stewart, and you know they'll do Damon Hill, and you know I'm going to get to those people, and so and I did Patrick Long as well. So you know he's a young legend, but in my mind, someone that's achieved a lot. So um, well, not my mind, in everyone's mind. So a good mix. I know you're kind of all things media. That's you've been in all sides of media but where did your photography passion come from because that's i know that's a huge passion of yours i've seen a yeah. ton of your photos there and he told us i, mean, I well, had that i had that on my notes but yeah, yeah. yeah exactly uh, <laughs> um so where did that come from i was a dismal art student as a child um, <laughs> so i an interesting sort of tale is that so there i have my dad you know hands like plates of meat and a farmer's son and you know, driving Porsche 917s and all that stuff. Meanwhile, he has this son who I did race motocross and I was pretty good at it. And yeah, yeah. so I loved all that. But the son also like sitting in his little studio above the garage painting. And my dad was like, come down here and clean your motorbike or cut the grass or let's chop down a tree or do something manly. And I'm like, dad, <laughs> dad, I am... Uh, painting my wall with like all these weird colors of an alien. So I saw Salvador Dali ship and he goes, and he got a little more understanding when I went, dad, dad, get, get out of here. I'm doing, practicing my life drawing. And he would be like, oh, okay, go back to his yeah, son. Yeah, you know, the, the tree cutting. All the pictures of the Monty Python scene. Yeah. I want to sing. Yeah. I want to he's sing, like, Father. Exactly, yeah. exactly. He's like, he's like, I don't know who the girl is. I feel sorry for her, but good luck with the drawing. You know, so I do a lot of that. She signed the waiver, Dad. Yeah, We're she, good. She, she did. Um, he, was, he was just happy it was girls, I think. So, you know, anyway. Um, so we we had a really, uh, that was sort of my teenage stuff. So I was into airbrushing. And it was all that very much that sort of 80s, early, late 70s, 80s airbrush effect stuff. And I was, I was pretty crap, but I really enjoyed it. So then I started art Biking on the side of a van. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's just so true. No, just like you have to have the sacrifice of a virgin on the side of a van to a werewolf. That's that's. I mean, that's, that's very much what it. you start with. Or when I yeah. was doing it, or when I was doing it, like you know, a martini glass with a red cherry in and a pair of red lips. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, very. That was my style, really. You know, um, my mom was like, "I don't know how you can you know to draw boobs so well." I'm like, um, "Well, ask, ask, ask Dad." <laughs> Because um, because yeah. Dad knows my program um, comes naturally. I'll tell you it, that it does. It does. It comes real natural. They're all different. Yeah, yeah, they are all different. Um, so I. That's not a conversation yeah. a lot of people have with their moms. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can draw boobs so well. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Lagucci is married to. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I. Uh, it was very funny. So I I worked my as I announced to my mom and dad that I wanted to rape told my dad I wanted to race cars. So I went to saw the Formula Ford Festival at Brands Hutch with my buddy James who I talked about. And I was like, oh my God, this is where this is how you start. This is how you start racing. This is the best thing. I was going to say, you were older though when you did that. You weren't one of those kids in a cart at no. like four racing your whole life. You were like in your teens, right? When that Late happened? teens. I never, did your dad want you in a cart when you were a kid? No. Like, was, was he trying to make? Okay. No, no, okay. no. I mean, dad was very preoccupied with his own career. And... Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I raced motorbikes because I could go with the friends that did it, and he liked enduro riding. 
So I so motorbikes were my thing, and cart. I never sat in a cart till I was twenty years old. Um, but when I lined up on the grid next to Mika Hacken and Alamut Niche in my first race, uh, who had probably done what two thousand races each and won a couple of world championships, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, this is fucking quick. They're like, what the hell? What are you? What are you talking about? Just you know, and they they were they just disappeared. I finished third a lot, um, <laughs> a lot. Uh, so anyway. I start, mum made me as part of the deal for me to do the, uh, the, you know, to go racing was you have to go to college. So I got accepted on some dodgy entry, dodgy artwork into the, we live near Goodwood into art college. And it was more like a related arts degree course. It was, you know, it was more like fame. I did the art thing, but there were dancers and actors and musicians and stuff. And it was, I thought this is pretty lightweight. And it, there were also, 90 people on the course and 82 girls. So I figured uh, I could practice my life drawing all I wanted. So, um, so I, so back to, we're in the wrong business. You are right now. But it happened. I'm an artist now. Yeah, it happened. God, this is a long freaking way of telling you about my photography. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> I'm so off in the woods. I've gone sideways, but the, the, the great thing about the, uh, the college was that, you know, the bad thing was they only had one real day of lectures which is Wednesday, and Wednesday was also open testing at Brands Hatch. Uh, you know, go go testing. Or go, yeah. go. So it, at the end of that year, my college tutor called, called me and she said, you are a disgrace. You've got to focus. And I was like, hand on heart, I'm going to do this. I promise you, I'm going to do it next next semester. But I got a sponsor that winter, and our local news channel came and did a piece on me the day before I went back to school going hand on heart, I'm going to be a racing driver. And so I walk in and she's, and she's like, you are a disgrace. I'm throwing you out. Let's go and see the dean. Went and saw the dean who closed the office door on her, walked in. He was an older guy. And he just, he had a cigarette on it, like he did back then, you know, don't worry about the kids' lungs or anything. And so I'm, I'm. I'm you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm in, I'm in there with him and he goes, so I hear you want to be a racing driver. I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, who the fuck wants to be a related artist anyway? And I'm like, dude, I know, I know. So, so he, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Yep. So he gave me a, he gave me a little shot. He said, do you want a drink? So we had a little shot of whiskey each and we sat there and we talked about it. And he said, listen, there are no men in your year. So if you want to just like hang out and just still have a place at school, then you can come for the parties or whatever. So that's what I did for the next year, and but the racing obviously got more serious, and that was it. So um, back to the photography, crap artist, but very creative, and I could never quite get my vision down, you know, with my hands. You know, I just wouldn't work, and the girls didn't appreciate looking like swamp monsters either. It's funny, life drawing sounds good, <laughs> but when you when you make their beautiful backside look like. They're 65 years I don't old. look like that. Yeah. You're like, you don't. It's like this. You're going, you don't want to see you. You want to see it? No, no. It's better left the imagination. Nah, no, yeah. no, no, no. So I am. Um, yeah. So I think to be a racing driver, you have to shut down your creativity somewhat, your imagination. I did anyway. I was a very empathetic kind of kid and I needed to lock it away. And I did that for 20 years. I, you know, I locked it away because my problem is if I let it out of the box, I could imagine going, the wheel coming off, going through the crowd, me following it and killing it. You know, you don't 
do that. You know, you can't have that imagination as a driver. Um, and it definitely probably made me not as successful as I could have been because uh, I had the speed. Uh, but I um, thought this is like a counseling session. Hello, therapist. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like, well, let me, let me share. Wait till you get the bill. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I, uh, so anyway, then when I started doing the television stuff, it was like my eyes, it allowed me to create shows. I was very good at it, I think. And, you know, it was, it allowed that creative side out. Then what I did was about eight years ago, I'm like, God, I really want to paint again. And I was, so I went down to Michael's, bought the biggest canvas I could, all new paintbrushes and paint, and went in my garage and like, Ooh. and about midnight, I went, oh my God. God, I'm still crap. And I was like, this is just, I'm like, I'm like, well, you tried. this is yeah. like a $300 wreck on my, on my pain. So anyway, I, I was like, I, I, but I need something. And then I was at, I think it was uh, Amelia Island. And I saw this guy with a Hasselblad and, you know, the 501C, which I have over there. And it's just, it looked like a Ferrari. It was, you know, those cameras so I, you know, you look into the top and it makes this thud as you as you take a photograph. And I'm like, I love that. No, nothing about photography, but I like that. So I went to Sammy's, the big camera shop here in LA, talked with the guys, bought one on eBay, and basically that started it off. And then I bought, I got into Leicas because they're smaller and were better for me. And I love it, man. I love it. I I. Really, if I if I was a trust fund kid, I would just well, it wouldn't be kid, would it be like trust fund middle aged man? But um, I would be running. I would just take photographs of of people. Actually, travel the world, take photographs of people, and I'd probably go back to all the girls who I butchered on in pencil and charcoal and take their pictures again. But maybe not. It's thirty-five years. Well, you owe them at least that. I, I mean, yeah. turning them into monsters. Yeah. Well, maybe so, they've turned yeah. into what I drew back then. So, so maybe I wouldn't. Want to, <laughs> so maybe I maybe I wouldn't want to revisit that. But maybe I'd start a new. You know, yeah. start afresh, and you know, live up to all those social media stock them. Be like, yes, <laughs> yes that one. That one. I, See, I was right. You did look like this. <laughs> exactly. I just I was ahead of my time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The clairvoyant painter. Yeah, absolutely. It, absolutely. It really is. And I think, you know, the, the, uh, but I would, I, I mean, you know, I, I would worry that I would be one of those, you know, pervy, stalky portrait photographers. So I probably, I'll stick to taking pictures of famous, you know, drivers and people like that. I love it. I mean, so anyway, long winded story. I have a camera. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's worked out okay for you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Are you still riding? You say, I, I was going to ask you about the motorcycle stuff because that's how I grew up. Oh, too. you did? And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was riding my whole life. Yeah. yeah. So I did a lot. Um, and then I was into road bikes and things, but not fast road bikes. I always like, you know, the BMW GS 1200 or something. I like to sit up enduro style bikes a lot more than race bikes because um, I never did track racing. And. I think part of it is I felt very confident sitting up, you know, like on an enduro or motocross bike, but rather like one of the things that comes from being a professional racing driver is you also have to know your limitations to live. And I know that if I got a Ducati, I would ride it like I'm, 
you know, Marquez, and it probably would end badly. And so I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, sort of enduro-type bikes. But then in the last few years, I've had friends, her, my a good friend of mine, her husband got killed a month, six weeks ago. And here in LA, you're just like, you know, maybe I should just, you know, not do it. I'd do it if I was like in the countryside, I'd do it, but I'm not on a ride around here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I did. I went from a Ducati Street Fighter 1098 was my last bike. Oh, All tricked out everything, and now I have a Honda Monkey. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, a little bit of a contrast, yeah. but we ride them off road. Oh, that's so, so fun! I mean, <laughs> they're so, hilarious. Is that fun. the new? That's that's the new one you bought. The little tiny oh, one, 125. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had like everything under the sun and it's been my favorite bike I've ever had. And we, we, we take them. We started last year and we're doing it again this year. We're doing the, the backcountry discovery routes. We did Washington last last year. We're doing Idaho this year. And I mean, everybody's up there on those, the big giant, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the KTMs and the BMWs. And we go putting by on these 125s and like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, a lot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back off. I'm a photographer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, when they first came out, I looked, I looked at those and didn't pull the trigger. But now you're making me think about it again. But they're stupid and fun. Okay. It's stupid fun, yeah. yeah. And, and it's a conversation wherever you go, yeah, which, sure. is, which is great. Can so, you believe the yeah. value of all those little pit bikes and monkey bikes now? I mean, going at auction for ten grand, twelve grand, eight grand. I mean, yeah. you yeah. get what? How did we not buy a lot of them? Yeah, but that. that it, I was never allowed to have motorcycles as a kid, so now I have as many as I can now. But yeah. a lot of people, that was their childhood, the, of your vintage and yeah. our vintage. They, they rode the 50s. I mean, and yeah. that was, I mean, Dan, when I first met him, he was talking about riding in his backyard as a kid and nailing his knee on a, on a stump. Like, that yeah. was the way they grew up. My, big, my biggest injury on a motorcycle was on my Honda 50. I broke my leg in half hitting a stump uh, in my Honda 50. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, that's nasty stuff. Oh. So you're still driving everything into the sun, though. That's, I mean, yeah. the interviews of photography is great, but you get to drive cars all the time. I know you still have a really good relationship with McLaren. Yeah. Uh, so what are you driving personally, though? Like, what's your what's your baby well, now? This is going to turn you on. I'm an F, I drive an F-150. That's my... So do I. Yeah, I love my F-150. <laughs> no, you know, someone asked me the other day, what's in your garage? And I, I was expecting a Jetta wagon. I'm not going to lie. Someone asked the other day, what's in your garage? And I said, a divorce. <laughs> that's fair yeah so inaccurate accurate yeah. so so let's just say um i i get to drive cars that are way nicer than i can afford which kind of makes you know you get bindabli let me you know the new m8 competition and what am i going to do go down the dealership and say do you have any of those like m <coughs> twos whatever left you know it's like you know i we <laughs> got next three um the, so anyway, I, I get to drive and, you know, when I, I I have the new Porsche Turbo S convertible coming in a few weeks and um, I just, I just love it. I, I If I had a real outlet for the cars and we didn't do that with the talk show, we decided not to, you know, we weren't doing car reviews, you know, we're much more about, um, you know, the live streams at races and things like that. But I did have a an ill-fated car test review site called Motor Guru, Motor Guru about 10 years ago. We got a new car every week and it was amazing. Um, so I know it's out there and I, I really do enjoy doing it, but it's pretty cluttered space. Um, 
So, which yeah. which is actually a lot of reviews, especially people doing personal reviews and stuff like exactly. that on YouTube and all. That. And then you know you got all the yeah. legit. I'm only using legit as in established. You got the establishment, understood. And then you've got these kids who are they've got 10 million followers, and they're you know they're they're the ones being invited on all the car events now. You know the the poor old journalist from you know. Ohio Weekly or whatever, it just isn't getting a look in, you know. So it's so you got the guy doing the thirty-second TikTok who's getting like front row to the latest McLaren and Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, who by the way it, has only just got his license, kind of thing, and it's yeah. No. <laughs> if 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 his mother's not driving, yeah. Anything you're looking forward to driving? Anything that's coming out that that really piques your interest? I mean, obviously you said the Porsche's coming, yeah. but um, well, I mean, I think we're in the final era. I'm not seeing this in a doomsday way but it is the the car manufacturers are making these halo products aren't they that are so extraordinary that offset all the stuff they're doing with evs and hybrids and it's like look at our lineup of hybrids and have you seen our 800 horsepower car over here you know and they're like you know yeah. they're like <laughs> it's it's really they're all doing it while they can and I, yeah. I think if they can, there will always be a market for it. So I particularly, I particularly feel that there's no bad cars out there, really. I mean, you know, there at a certain level, there's amazing cars. I think it gets a little ridiculous with some of the as you verge into the supercar territory for most road drivers. You know, I've had Lamborghinis that were so fast. I thought if I was a Persian trust fund kid hit from Beverly Hills, I would die because you, you it's got nothing to do with the fact that the car's got all those electronics. It's the fact that you can't outrun the laws of physics, right? I mean, they're so yep. freaking quick. And at some point they go off the road. Uh, well, great that's a lack of, of training too like i always feel like when cars like that space is super and hyper cars they should be like you, okay here's the course we're going yeah. to you're going to put you on the track and teach you how to drive this because i mean i've over dan and i have both overdriven cars <laughs> oh yeah oh. I mean, I've, I've jumped up through so many cars i remember i got in my my c7 z06 and that was the first car i really had i had a gtr too yeah. but the gtr had so much grip and control it was so much more stable the c7 though you could get in so much trouble corner to yeah. corner because it was like it was just this insane mid-range rocket, oh, and it was by the time you luckily that thing had the best brakes yeah. ever. But it was like it was like oh crap, the car is saving me. I am way over my head right now. Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> and it, that happens it, a lot, it, especially the I had a Turbo S as well. Oh, same thing. So so fast and really, but I mean I love the fact that they're being made and that they have been made. I think it's it's a last hurrah for that kind of car. And I mean I'm not saying how long it could be. It could be ten more years, right? Um, so it makes you go, I need to get more involved in the EV thing just to understand it and enjoy it. And so we're actually launching a new show called Electric Talk that's going to be on PBS and it's uh, under our talk, oh, cool. T-O-R-Q-U-E, talk brand. And the more you start to know about it, you go, holy cow, you know, this is amazing. And um, when we were at uh, the New York Order show last week, Jason and I went, that's all it was. I mean, if you wanted to see an internal yeah. combustion car, they're like hidden in the shadows. Um, it was all green and the earth Outside. being linked by the graphics were amazing, you know, and this and that. I mean, it, I mean, they were obviously Subaru had an amazing display and Toyota and Nissan. All, they make a lot of great cars, but none of the Germans were there. Um, you know, so you can see this. 
a big shift in the culture of cars. Um, but our job, your job, my job is still to remember one thing, and that is I love driving. And when I was a kid, I used to try and ride behind the lawnmower and then put wheels on stuff and then motorbikes when I was smaller and then go-karts when you're older and race. I mean, never once did I go, oh, what kind of engine is this? You know, does it make a good noise? You know, I just wanted to freaking... <laughs> I go fast. I want to go fast. And um, yeah. So if we can retain that sensibility... Actually, it's not sensible, is it? That emotion uh, and try and parlay that a bit into the EV world like they have with Formula E and stuff. Um, I think it's it's going to be great. But I've had to retire. My I mean, This is it. I'm going to officially retire my favorite phrase tonight on your show. Do you know what that is? Okay. Okay. Because I can't because I won't get any sponsors for my new show. Um, I was asked in front of a big motoring uh group of journalists one time someone said oh what do you think of formula e so it's about five six years ago when it was starting and i went i think it's great i said it i said but have you ever watched porn with the sound off <laughs> and are you sure you want to retire that no phrase? i don't want, want to retire that's 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 it. no i really don't want to retire it. i love that phrase it's mine. I own it. It's it's okay. it's okay. All right. Yeah. Fine. No, but I'm like no. We'll have to quote you when yeah, we say yeah. it because I will be saying that. I again. just think it's the perfect example of what it's like watching you know them race because it is. It's got all the elements right. It does. They're driving fast. Technology. Boom, boom, boom. And when you're in a car, apparently it's the, the drivers. You know they have to manage all the regen and all that stuff. But you know racing's racing. You know, do you think Ben Hurst has done his chariot going, shit, if I had a V8, I'd be killing you guys, you know? <laughs> I need more horses, need literally. Literally yeah. more. Give me another horsepower. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking of our deaf audience reading that in the captions right now yeah. and me getting the hate mail yeah, for it. It's yeah. going to be great. <laughs> well, I mean, but there, there is also that experience. I mean, I, I love the electric vehicles market. That come in. I, was, I got passed by one of those new Audi. What are the four-door? The new, oh, the e-tron? The e-tron. Yeah. It's incredible. But there's it's a it's a sound thing when I'm in the car and, and you're revving and you know you you hit the pedal on a, a, a petrol powered car and the car rocks. There's something to that and this piping in sound into these cars. I understand or there needs to be sound. there needs to be sound outside so they don't run you over. Yeah. But I think that you know we're missing something. And then I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago and I was talking we were talking about cars. He goes, he goes, it's yeah, electric cars are great, but do you know what it takes to make one of those batteries? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. It's, so. it's getting better all the time, though. I mean, it, there's still the exciting part of it. Like, if you think about Volkswagen at Pikes Peak in 2018, oh, like yeah. when on gravel, the fastest time that Millen put down was like 10.04, low 10s yeah. or something. It was, it was just insane on gravel. And then Volkswagen in 2018 goes up at two minutes faster. Yeah. yeah. In their Pikes Peak race car, which is insane. Yeah. And I, yeah, so, I, mean, I was there. That was the yeah, only. But they're not losing. They're not losing to the engine. No, I mean that yeah. was the only. Uh, and of course, torque doesn't drop off. Exactly, they don't have an altitude issue with batteries. And yeah. recent, recent, I have friends. We actually did an episode of Shut Up and Drive with Lexus that weekend, and um, he gave me some training for the course. And he was doing his race. I was doing my race. I drove a Lexus. Uh, RCF concept car up the hill, up the hill. My only oh, time cool. of doing it, and uh, he actually did that run, and he and he had a. It was early days, you know, overheating of batteries and engines and things, and he. So he only had like sixty percent power when he got to the top, even with that time, I think. So 
I mean, and he, hey, he's just a phenom uh, driving up that place. <laughs> Not uh, much stopping yeah, the, him. Yeah, the Millens, yeah. the hand talking yeah. another talk about another legacy. Yeah, Ooh, they really do. But you know, I think I rem- what we have to think about, like with the charging thing. I, I mean, uh, there we are. We all. I was driving back from Palm Springs, running low on gas. I just put gas in it, right? I didn't have to plan it. I mean, it's, it's stop and do it. Um, it's different when you drive those cars, but EVs. But I remember back to when the cell, I'm older than you guys, when cell phones first came out. And, the, you know, the original one, my dad. We were there too. Yeah, my yes. dad, Are you talking about that much older? Like, like the suitcases the suitcase. or what? Well, my dad had the suitcase, but yeah. then he had the a cell net, which was our British, uh, for your deaf people, this doesn't sound good, does it, when I'm doing this. The cell phone was really big. <laughs> cell phone, cell phone, um, and it was massive. Yeah. And you know, you'd walk it around, and you'd be like, you'd try and look cool, but of course, no, everyone knew that no one else had one. None of your friends had one. So who the hell were you talking to? But no, it doesn't matter. Who are you talking? You know, about? but BBC did something way back, and I remember they had like some of the older people on discussing the fact of like not quite these things weren't turn catch on but just imagine that what what stress this is going to cause in our lives and how who on earth what normal human being would have to tether themselves to an object of communication that needs charging every night who's going to do that that's what they said at the time <laughs> and look at us now i mean i don't know how many, i don't like where this conversation is going right we have so many devices plugged in i can't even, i take like a multi-charger everywhere i go you know it's it's right it's <laughs> like, and you mm-hmm, and you've got it yeah. yeah you see i didn't do the watch my friend i did not do the watch i could not it was yeah i didn't want to do the watch um but everyone loves them but yeah so the point being we adapt right it'll be our new way of living yeah. um let's just sort out where the power's coming from without getting political. Well, even then, I mean, speaking of cell phones, though, do you remember how long it used to take to charge a cell phone? Oh, yeah. And if it charged in like four or five hours, you were like, oh, that's really quick. Yeah. And now it's like, my phone's not charged in 45 minutes. I'm like, what's wrong with my charger? Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. No, but like he was talking about coming back from Palm Springs. You got to plan it. I mean, yeah. putting gas in your truck is, is simple. I mean, it's painful right now, um, <laughs> but with with charging, even with fast charging, you got to take 15, 20, 30, yeah. you know. Well, you, How you many know. milkshakes can you drink by then? <laughs> so, <laughs> but 10 years from now, you know, you'll probably be out of charger for 20 minutes. And then there's, you know, who knows what's going to happen. They so. just need to make uh, what, like uh, photosensitive uh, paint. You know, I'm sure Elon can come up with that. We'll charge while you're driving. Be there fine. You go. Is, yeah. is, your, is your show, are you, do you filter comments? Are you worried about, are you worried about being politically correct? Absolutely not. Okay, I just had a thought. Um, so, <laughs> so, I just, so, He's finally thinking. Yeah, no, do you know that um, this is why I love podcasts more than real TV? Because I can say what I want. Um, is so you know in truck stops, they were quite infamous yeah. for truck stop prostitutes. Well, I think right. this okay. is going to open up a whole new market for them because you're going to have EV charging hotspots, right? So you're going to have a whole new brand this is going. of EV fast charging fast girls. Fast service. Fast service. Quick lubes. Quick, Quick lubes. lubes, yeah. Quick lubes, because you're going to be like, your, your wife's going to say, so darling, you, you charge your car, you love the long charge. I do. I just love them. You know, um, I just, <laughs> it's, it's better for the battery. It's better, it's better for, the, for battery. the battery, honey. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying. You seem so happy and relaxed when you get home. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm just always looking at the 
positive of a situation and I think that we're going to create a lot of work for a lot of sex workers so it's probably good so <laughs> long live charging stations I absolutely didn't I've never thought of that <laughs> well I no mean, have I he's not wrong <laughs> there's a business opportunity here and yeah, uh, no, anyway yeah. yes I mean quick, quick there's a phrase we, we can come We're up with a quick charge and something yeah, exactly yeah exactly <laughs> exactly well I, anyway I hope I've inspired maybe some younger entrepreneur who watches Absolutely. your show to um entrepreneur yeah exactly yeah. when the only fans uh, money dries up they uh, go to yeah. the snoqualmie truck yeah. stop uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry about your show because i probably just tanked your podcast but that's all right uh, oh no uh, if we haven't if we haven't done it in 240 some episodes yeah. you can't 240 do it. episodes <laughs> good for you yeah, yeah. That's it. I, it started as an accident with no budget and uh just like yeah, drinks over a fire with friends. Like, you should record some of this stuff. Okay. Yeah, no, it's really good. And it actually started in a really small conference room here at Microsoft, and it was something it took off. It still has no budget because um, there's just no magic money. Uh, but we but, love it. But we enjoy hey. it. Like, like you said, it's having the opportunity to talk to people, especially people like you that you know that have a story and 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 have a past. I mean, that's everybody. But um, it's it's amazing. Some of the times I I, I kind of pinch myself. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. and uh, you know your personality did, it does not dis- disappoint. Oh, I'll well, tell you that. You. So I mean, thank you. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm not sure how much of the company I'm going to have to sell you after I come up with the truck stop. Yeah, thing, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I was going to say I have the same mixing board down there. My the, the roadcaster. roadcaster. What a great what yeah. a great thing. And and that's. This technology game changer. game changer and technology is on our side isn't it i mean it's yeah. you yeah. have that have go travel some good mics and you 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 can capture things that used to take a truck you know um so i think it's wonderful so who do you who who, who you, you would know? laugh at our setup I, well no i'm I, I mine fits into a into well it's not really a very good looking case either um, oh, we, we've got our little case back here. It fits uh, into. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I, oh, but I, I'm actually staring right now. Um, when I went to Magnus Walker's, Magnus's place, when he, did you know he came out with those shoes? You know those. Tra- did you see those yeah, the Nikes? Nikes. Well, he asked me for my size like a year ago, and so when I was on the show, yeah. I was like, "What?" He said, "So anyway, I, I'm yeah. just staring at them. I'll never wear them." Magnus, but they look they look cool on my shelf. They do look cool. That's he's, so cool. He's, he's on both of our bucket lists, yeah. and I mean we're we, we're going to end up end up getting him on the show. You will. Like, yeah, I've followed his career, and so has Dan. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have all the Hot Wheels, all the ones he's oh, made. I mean, the, the shoes. I tried to get on a list, but that was never going to happen. Right. There's so many people that wanted those shoes. No. So yeah. And the, and the new, so congratulations, Sarah. Them drool on. And, them. I will yeah. and the new book. He's got an update to the book. Urban Outlaw, and yeah. um, it talks all about his relationship with Hannah and things. So it's it's great. Uh, it's a, that's awesome. Again, I haven't read it, but I've, I've heard it's great. It's over there. I mean, <laughs> it looks it, it's holding down something for you. So that's the important. I read thing, right? I read the first. I read the first one a lot. Um, so, well, guys, this has been fun. That's actually yeah. What is it? Before we go, real quick, is there anybody on your bucket list to interview? Like who's like anybody just out there? You're like, oh, I would just I mean, die to have a conversation with. Now person? that you've talked to us, I mean, I mean right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be tough, really, after you. Fall um, <laughs> downhill from here. Who, who's interviewing who? By the way, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, I'm. Uh, do you know? I really, I'm friends with him. I guess so, sort of pseudo friends. I would like to get Patrick Dempsey on. 
Um, not because he's a legend, oh, but because yeah. but part of the this was going to be called Gentlemen of Speed because it was anyone connected motorsports actors athletes or whatever. But as you know, doesn't matter what you call it, just do what you want, right? So, um, but yeah. I really Jackie Stewart, Sir Jackie Stewart would be amazing. Um, and yeah. uh, I mean Hans Stuck, Jackie X, those guys. I Richard Petty. I've got him sort of half lined up because um, I met him at Goodwood. We met we met him at a party one time. Yeah. Really good guy. <laughs> yeah, really nice yeah. guy. Down in uh, in Scottsdale yeah. for yeah. Yeah. oh well yeah. oh so this is my Richard Petty story. So I'm at Goodwood and he's there and I have my Hasselblad and I said hey, Richard you know we obviously he met so he knew I was like some like weirdo from outside and I said can I take your portrait. So we go outside, and he's tall, right? I mean, he's, he's tall, especially when you're holding a Hasselblad. Actually, I don't know where the camera is, so I can't show it to you, but you're holding it, like, here. So I'm, like, you know, like, trying to get it up here to, like, take a picture of his face, but he's tall. So anyway, I, I managed to do it. I think I stood on the chair. Anyway, I'm then holding the camera like this, and he's got his hands in his pockets. And he's, you know, and I went, this is the portrait. Richard, don't move. Don't, this is it. And because his Winston cut you know, seven or eight time champion. It's got, it's a massive silver buckle and he's got his ring on and he's got his worn old hands, right? And I'm thinking- And the hat. Yeah, but the... I'm just down here with his crutch right now. And he goes, you know, <laughs> he goes, you know. This is the photo. He goes, I said, this is the photo. And he goes, you tell me if my zipper was down, wouldn't you boy? And I go, I, I would Richard. <laughs> yes, sir. He said, because yes, you you don't want to meet the real king. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I was like, well, he didn't talk to us that much. Uh, yeah. so. Anyway, so um, just great, great memories, really. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, and by the way, the photography shameless plug. Um, I haven't launched it yet, but it will be on lifewithlegends.com, um, and it's just a. a it's going to be where I. Uh, sell my prints uh, where I can. All of them limited to 24 uh, editions of each a print, a run of 24. Where I can, obviously, all signed and kind of expensive, but very rare and pretty cool. Printed by an amazing printer here in LA, and I think they're going to be they're, they're beautiful. So that's uh, that's something I'm doing to, to balance it all out. Yeah, yeah. Plug away. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I love sharing that Thank stuff. You. So great. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. I know we had some <laughs> scheduling issues between yeah. all of us, but it was great to finally meet you and, yeah. you know, face-to-face -face, yeah. uh, through the computer. Me too. <laughs> I'm sure we'll cross paths in the future. We will, yeah. guys. Good luck with it. Um, and yeah. really fun. Thanks for having me on. And uh, just let's, yeah. let's think about a name for... Oh, I'm, I'm already... Th believe me, yeah. I... I I don't want to say it on okay. here, so because I, I want to, you know, yeah, yeah. we'll have we'll have a planning session another time. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Good luck. He's half serious. You don't know. <laughs> no, it. no, I, yeah. I can see that. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'll sign us off. So, go. Uh, actually, you will sign us off <laughs> for this episode of the Avance Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. <laughs>